Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First Round Nothing, Head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Here we go, folks. Today's guest is a former QMJHL player and coach, also suited up for Dalhousie of the CIS. He's recently returned back to the Rock after four years coaching in Rowan Naranda of the QMJHL. He's also a former ball hockey champion teammate of mine, and also currently is back home on the Rock, and amongst other things, is helping athletes with mental health, drawing from his own education and personal experiences. He is a great guy, a courageous coach, a terrific teammate, a dynamite D-man, a fine forward, a proud player. His local rep grew, so he landed in the queue. His health, his health, head felt wonky after multiple conkeys. When he finished his career, things looked more clear. He'd go to school like me and get a degree. He'd write and read, and now he could lead. He's thin, not stocky, and then coached junior hockey. He still plans to roam, but for now is back home. Folks, hockey's commissioner is named Gary Bettman. And please welcome back my pal Brad Yepman. Brad, how you doing? Uh, TR, good to see you as always, buddy. Yes, that's a hell of an intro. That's a hell of an intro. Sorry, I, I got tongue tied there at the beginning. It's hard to meet, re- read my own writing. And when I have someone back for the second time, I often just wing it. I don't go into those big intros, but I figured, A, you deserved one. And uh, I wanted to brush up on my intros. It's been a while. It's oh, been no, a whirlwind. I appreciate it. 
lately for me, for you, you're relaxing a little bit. I would say not relaxing because uh, you're very busy guy, but you've moved home. You coached the last four years, two assistant, two head in Randaranda. Tell us about that experience and what brought you to where we are right now. Yeah, absolutely. Incredible experience. Um, well, as you know, the, the hockey world is not the, the easiest world at times to, to live in and, and just be in. It uh, definitely takes a lot mentally, big toll. And uh, last year, you know, we had a great team. It was the uh, my, my kind of contract year, I guess. We had a great team, young team. Uh, we did a lot of great things on the ice, a lot of good results and things like that. But uh, unfortunately, just wasn't renewed just because, you know, at the end of the day, hockey is that way sometimes. But um, hockey's that way, Brad. It's insane. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it is. And uh, just the lack of stability in it. And as much as I, I love the sport and I truly, honestly, passionately love coaching, that uh, moving back home over the summer kind of opened my eyes to certain things, priorities, and, and figured I'd take the time to be able to uh, let myself feel feel the experience for the first time and go through it, work through it, get some support for it. And being able to do something a little more stable around family here to see how that life is and uh, just to be able to kind of go go in that direction and being able to, like you said, use my experiences in mental health to help athletes doing presentations on mental health and, um, you know, all around the province and, and with not just in sports, but with general public and schools as well. So, uh, yeah, getting pretty busy as well as with counseling side of things. So it's helping people is obviously a, a big thing I love to be able to do. So being able to do it a little bit more in a stable way now and uh, being able to do it with family all around and being back home is, is a huge plus as well. Yeah, so, I mean, earlier, you mean to cut you off, but it fascinates me, fascinates me. Coaching, doesn't matter. You could be an ultra-successful coach, and the odds are you're not going to last in any league, at least in hockey. I can't speak for every sport, but we're getting there for five years, man. Like, so you went up there, two years assistant, two years head. You had a great experience. I don't think you, you wouldn't have been around if, if, if people didn't like you and, and you know, you'd, you weren't successful to some degree. It's not all about wins and losses, but the business side is, unfortunately. And a lot of the time, the coach is the fall guy. So did you, for me, that that's one reason I wouldn't get into it. I just don't want to be moving that frequently and for you you know you might have a family at some point I think what you're 31 32 now 32, um, yeah. I would have found that hard you know I had Penny Lane around your age and I, I just kept thinking to myself because I did have opportunities not immediately in the queue like you but you know to go back to the WHL or, or to Junior A or whatever it was and I just never never really I never wanted to be moving. And I'm not saying that I had to be in St. John's, although I'm in Mount Pearl now. I'm loving that I'm here. But I just didn't, I, I, you know, that was a real drawback to be moving all over. So you're fine with mm -hmm. that if you get back into that role. You, you're, you're cool with that and the travel. Because, Brad, the travel, not only from team to team, if you lose a job or you move on and get promoted, it's also during the season. So... You're you're prepared and you're willing to be busing, plane, whatever, and to possibly know that, you know, every two, three, five, six, if you're lucky years, you'll be moving. Well, and, and that's the really hard part. I was really naive with it, thinking, oh, this is going to be the team I'm going to be with for years until I get my pro opportunity, you know, just being that person that's not gone through it. And I wouldn't mind. But as a player, I was traded twice in the league. So I, I yeah. understood. But 
But with the coaching side of things, I knew I was in a place that had really good track record for longevity with coaches. Uh, unfortunately, just last year, a new GM came in. We barely communicated uh, since Christmas of last year. And you know, he decided he wanted to bring his guy in, which, you know, it happens. But that, happens that part definitely opened, opened my eyes. And especially seeing my two brothers set up set up home here uh, in Newfoundland. One, uh, Mark, my oldest, has uh, you know two daughters. And Nathan, the youngest, he's going to get there eventually. And thinking, you know, really realizing how much of a priority it was for me. So just to be able to take the time right now to be able to try to focus a little more in that direction and just kind of see where that goes. Now that's interesting. And we're going to get a little bit more into what you're up to later. I just got some, uh, I guess, lighter, fair questions we can get into. And uh, cause I'm really interested and your story is a lot like, I could have you on a few avenues here and we probably will <laughs> at some point. A lot of people don't realize how long we've known each other. We've been teammates. Yeah. Um, we've lost national championships in the final. Like, you know, I've often said to people, when you get, you know, it, it, even though it's ball hockey, but, you know, people that don't play don't realize how much we take it serious. Those who have played or those that we're talking to that listen to it from oh, the national, absolutely. they get it. So, Brad, we've lost a few times in the final in the nationals, okay? Now, as a player, I've never been a coach, but I feel that that's one experience that I can't, like, if I look back at teams that I've won on, they always say, you remember everybody on the championship teams and everything? And yeah. Yes. But there's something about a big loss in like a, a, a time like that. That's also, I mean, it's not necessarily negative. It bonds you together. You know, think about, the bond. think about, yes, yeah, Saskatchewan. We got to Our the team final. Was terrible. We, yeah, <laughs> our, our team was. We were. We, remember we, we, we all. Me, you. I remember. God, even guys like Andrew Piercy, uh, Patty O'Keefe. I think was on that. Uh, Jeremy, but we, we. I can go down the list, but we had a bunch of us that just had to go every second time, and sometimes oh, two yeah. out of three. Remember, yeah. we were going down. We were tying our laces, calling timeouts, like knocking the net off. Just it was crazy, and we went just, through. We blew our load yeah. in the semifinals. I remember being in a heap on the floor. And I looked all around at you guys, and you could see the steam coming up, like just oh, yeah. off, <laughs> off the bodies, right? And we made the final. What was the score? We got pumped. Oh, in the final. Like eight, eight, nine, one against Montreal. <laughs> but, but our final was that semi against Manitoba, winning what, like five nothing, something like that. Yeah. And like the boys, I, I'm pretty sure you could make like a Disney movie with how many block shots we had in that semifinal game. Like, yeah. And, Guys were just like Dalmatians in the room after just spots <laughs> yeah. all over. See, see, that's when I try to tell people, like, you know, uh, maybe if it's a kid that's on the fence and he or she wants to play soccer or whatever, and, you know, they're not all going to make, like, AAA or anything, but I'm like, you know, those moments are great, too. You got to understand that going to battle with your buddies, no matter what, you know, you get memories, you get so... I often oh, like absolutely. to explain that because sports isn't just about the winning. Now, when you're on the, uh, uh, in, in Moran, there must be instances like that. You must be out there and you must see a kid say, I don't know, get better at crossovers or start using instincts. For me, watching players in my little limited coaching, but I like watching players gain confidence. Sometimes it's not that they're getting so much better. It's that they're confident and they start using the toolbox, right? Oh, I mean, did absolutely. you ever notice that? As a, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And that was the, the part I loved the most about coaching was the actual teaching part. It wasn't it was ne never about the wins, losses or, or whatever. And, um, you know, obviously the job was based on wins, losses for the most part. But um, it, it is truly those moments that you get that kid that 
it, it just it's snaps in for him or he does really well or he comes and asks questions yeah. he builds that relationship it builds that communication then you're really helping that that player both on and off the ice and that's the moments in which you're like all right like this is this is worth it this is worth the you know uh seven hours of video you got to do in in a couple of days or, or whatever oh, yeah. you know it's, oh, oh. Right. So it's, it's, no, it's a very fulfilling job, very stressful and demanding job, especially in junior when, when you have to, you know, look at billets, you have to look at school, you have to look at, you know, all their off ice activities. You know, it is very demanding, but it is very rewarding at the same time. But you're always like, that's the thing for me. I don't consider myself a selfish person. I really don't. I try to be as giving as I can. I try to answer all my messages. I try to be, um, generous with time and money, even when I didn't have a lot of money, time, maybe show up, sign some hockey cards. But I'm telling you this, I need to shut it down. I'm not even going to say, like, though, though that's me for a part of the day, for like at least half of the day, I got to turn that off. When you're coaching, though, you'd constantly be working. It'd, it'd be hard for me to separate myself. Like you said, billets and this and that. And you can't really turn your phone off. You've got to have it on, right? Like, like yeah. I can throw it in the corner for six hours and fuck everybody. You know, I, I need some time here. But you can't really do that. So I guess what's it like? Not, not so much tell me about that because I assume I know what that's like, being having to be responsible all the time. What's it like now where, again, you're real busy. We're going to get into why a little bit later. But having so much time. And, like, we skated yesterday at a shinny skate at noon. You, you <laughs> couldn't do that for years. How do you feel now? Oh, honestly, it, it, it is very, very demanding for sure. Like I had a good kind of setup that as soon as the, the work day was over, would make my call calls, whatever I needed to do. And then I would truly try to put my phone to the side as much as possible. Oh, nice. And of course, okay. Okay. then of course, if something happened, then, you know, obviously would have to tend to it right away. But um, yeah, like I, in the last, three say three four weeks i've played more pickup games with hockey than like the last 10 years combined like, without actually, having to think about like like if you're a coach just subconsciously little things like systems every day it goes through your mind it has to at some point it might be something it might be a power play breakout it might be neutral zone uh oh, trap constantly that. and then and then you're even thinking you're even thinking to yourself then all right well i'm home it's 7 30 8 o'clock eastern like now I got to sit down and try to watch, you know, the Leafs play or something like that to see yeah. if you can pick up on, on other things. And then it's just like, but the way, the way me and you were throwing that puck around, I was kind of hoping the growlers were up and they sign us. And get us down there. <laughs> I tell you, this was a lot of, uh, a lot of Wiley vet kind of hockey IQ cues playing yesterday. Oh, for yeah. those who don't know, yeah. we skate at Chinny and for, for, for me, I skate four or five times a week. It's always at noon. People think I play in these beer leagues at night. No, it's noon. It's the it's old ex-senior players. A good skate. Yesterday, it usually ends up being a mix of older guys that have played versus younger guys that are maybe in the local senior league or, or junior league here. But uh, I think the, last night was a pretty, uh, or yesterday afternoon was a pretty lopsided victory. That's, for that's us. one way to put it for sure. Oh, yeah. You had some shelf, too. It's been a while since I even made you a pass. I'm thinking like the 2000. 18 or 19 ball hockey nationals. Yeah. Vancouver, maybe. Uh, what's your favorite, by the way, the NHL All-Star game's coming up. I'm taking senior. You. What's your favorite All-Star memory? Like, Ooh. I mean, of the NHL All-Star game watching on TV or whatever, or maybe yeah. you went to one. Um, well, definitely one one that it's, it's not the NHL, but when the AHL All-Star game was here. 
Yeah. I don't know if you remember. And then it was like uh, Mark Roboth and Colin Greening, like those kind of college guys were down playing as well. And mm. I remember just having that AHL game here, especially when the Maple That's Leafs cool. were like the the king shit here in the city. And yeah. um, But NHL All-Star game, I always think back on those like uh, the, the West versus East games. Yeah. And how intense they were. And it wasn't like... You know, I know now. it's really gone the way it's gone. Like just, I know I I keep saying to myself, like I I don't like I'm taking my dad up. I think it'll be a fun weekend. I think the vibe is great. I think you're right? gonna the I vibe. think you're gonna find some fun. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that part. Well, people ask me about the game. Like, I, 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 I'm I, I've accepted long ago. It's not going to be the same. So. I don't honestly. I'm going up there. I don't even have tickets for the game, or I wouldn't mind seeing the skills competition. Maybe there'd be a bit of fun there. But I, I'm not even upset anymore. I'm just kind of I've accepted it. It's a novelty. <laughs> Kids are like it, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't want to sound like an old man yelling at the clouds. I did prefer watching when it was a real game. I mean, way back in the late '80s, early '90s, it was a game, and I remember like Gretzky getting four one year, and then Lemieux getting four one year. And but but if you watch those games, like there was a little like people were bumping, like oh yeah, they were trying to some degree. Now it's it's just completely gone the other way. So I you know I assume kids like it, and it might be a fun vibe to be around. What do they do in the queue? Like well, how's that game? Well, there's there's none. There's well they used to have with the Russian team. Yeah, I remember like, that. The yeah. Russian junior team used to come play two games against the queue All Stars, yeah. two game against O W. But obviously mm-hmm. with the Russians being banned, that that's out now. But like even even to your point here, just with with the All Star Game and, and Skills Comp and stuff, like I'm excited to see how the Skills Competition will be this year. Only a select guys, you have your cumulative scores, and then see who gets a million yeah. bucks at the end of it. But even like what baseball does, like I love watching the baseball All Star Game. Like it means something. Like the winner, yeah. the winner of it, there's actual like consequences for losing the game. Yeah, but here's the thing. I, I just find it, first of all, I, I don't want to get my instincts. Okay, I'm not bullshitting here, and I hate fucking to, There's a lot of things I say on here that sound like I'm like pumping my own tires, but these are facts. And if you're fucking listening to this, then you, you know me, I guess, by this point. We're 100 and, or 300 episodes in or some shit. But, like, when I went to the... It was the junior All-Star game, and the way they used to do it was... Like in my year when I made the WHL All-Star team, we played the OHL. So Kitchener, they had a team full of OHL guys. And then the Q and the West would combine, 10 from each team. So, I mean, it's lucky I had good stats that year. Like, you know, it was my draft year. And they couldn't really deny me because of the stats, but there, it was a lockout year. So, like, Ryan Smith was in the league. Like, Shane Ig- Iggy didn't make the team, you know. like But at that particular point, what are you going to go by here? Statistics. Just so stats. I got into the game. Of course. And in that game, me and Brian Burrard, that was before the prospects game. The prospects game, which became a thing, came in the next year. And I believe largely due to the fact that in this All-Star game, it was me, Burrard, Redden, Lankow. We all did really well. Yeah. But we just happened to make the team. Like if, you know, a 20-year-old on my team had better stats, they would they would have been there. I think people said, you know what, we got to showcase the young guys a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. I was, yeah. I was never told that. But I remember that game, like me and Bur- Burrard hit me in the corner, and I got up and we went at it, and he knew and I knew. And as soon as we went off, we spoke about it. And he's like, I wasn't coming to the All-Star game and mailing it in. People are evaluating us. And I go, yeah, like, 
And I think if I was there now, even though it would be lots of money made and everything, just my mindset, if, if the NHLPA, got, you know, whoever that rep is now, was Bob Goodenow when I was that age, um, or, or even the commissioner, or if someone came in and said, guys, can you, can you give it an effort? Can you please or give it? That's all out. it would take. You don't have to go out and, but you know, they're, they're getting on like people are, we senior and I went to it in Vegas. Like we were there with chiclets and the skills comp was pretty good, but the game was like, it was almost like they were trying to go the other way. Like they were really trying to not try. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? And, and that looks almost embarrassing. And you gotta, in my mind, like, you know, people are here for the first time and they want to see hockey, show them something. Oh, yeah. yeah, You know what I mean? I know that was a long winded, but, I, oh, I just don't of, think it would take much. No, exactly. Right? It kind of makes you think of uh, Slapshot 2. You know, they're mm. going out, they're trying to do the whole Harlem Globetrotters thing, and then next thing they start beating the shit out of each other, and then everyone's like, all right, yeah, like here's here's some real hockey. Like Let's, let's get it going yeah. here. Like, do you – yeah. Do you think at any point people are going to start wearing full cages in the NHL? No. I, I think it's going to happen. Do I do think it's going to happen. Well, I don't know. Visors were in visors were unheard of, right? And then visors yeah. came in. Now, by the way, I'm not arguing one way or the other. I mean, just I obviously I'd rather see no no cages, but at this point, nothing surprises me. I don't care. Someone is going to get a slap shot in the jaw at some point. Oh, for sure. Um, I just you know like I never saw neck guards coming in. Not that I care. I'm impartial, but now you know a lot of late. Okay, but yeah. at some point, someone's it's same thing. It's going to be, and it might seem now, but now there's only five guys in the league, is it, with no visor on. In the 80s, there was only five with one on. If you go back a decade before that, people would have thought it absurd if you said everybody was going to wear a helmet. At each point, you're going, okay, obviously. Like, look back now, we go, helmet, of course, right? People look back and go, Jesus Christ, they played with no visor, right? But I still play with no visor. It's where I look, and I'm not arguing the, the, the safe, of it, but I just think someone's going to come in in a few years. I'm like, have a Nick here and wear their cage, and it's going to be okay. And then you might have two on another team, and then someone might break their jaw with a slap shot, and then the next day, someone gets knocked out with a punch. Now, this could be the year 2070, but I just yeah. think we're, we're, I think people are going to wear cages. I do. Well, you see it obviously in, in college hockey that it's mandatory, but I mean, they'll still yeah. have like the fish bowls, obviously, for, for sight. But I think, I think the biggest thing is that. Yeah, like, is it going to be anytime soon? Probably not, but uh, just wearing yeah. the cage, wearing the visor is so different for your sight lines. Not yeah, well, that that's the only reason, grids. Brad, that I yeah. I get the safety. Even, even with the visor, I get the safety, but when I got up, I remember the first time I could do it was at Montreal camp, right? And when I was 18, and all of a sudden I took it off, and I'm like, wow, I can see the ice way better. Oh, way better I yeah. totally understand the risk, and if people don't want to wear a visor, I get it. I'm just saying, wow. I was like, fuck, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be evaluated on my passing. I'm out here with, the, like, some Hall of Famers, Mark Recky, Pierre Turgeon, yeah. guys like this, right? Of course, I'd rather see the ice better, but people kept their elbows, even though it was crazy 80 or crazy 90s. But, you know, again, now that everybody has it on, it's a little easier to get your elbow up, right? Oh, well, absolutely. Um, I mean, you see, even the last couple of days, there's been some nasty elbows. Like Truba, a little bit off the face-off there against Vegas, I think they were playing. And even Gallagher against the Islanders the other night getting five games. Oh, Jesus Christ. My God. Yeah. I just, I, man, yeah, that was dangerous. You're never going to, again, without taking sides, 
it's going to be hard to ever take that out. That's why I say it's going to be hard to take fighting. Like that happens. You could give me a five game suspension, but someone is going to jump in at some point. It's just hockey's physical. That's the way it is. It mothers is. And, it's fast. Yeah. Yeah. Mothers, should, fathers should know happen. that before you put your kid in. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it looks really dirty, but it's a split. Even look at what Gallagher did, but it's a split second. Like it's he, he was going to be two seconds before he had no idea. We're talking about a fraction of one second. He waits, wait, boom. Right. Yeah. Like it's so, so, and like, I hate to say I relate. I don't recall ever making a play like that, but I do recall like sometimes like someone's hooking and to turn around, fuck you. And like, Boom, Bang. and they yeah. stuck over there. Jesus, what is what am I doing? Right? Like it's a fraction of a second. And it's it's just so obvious in hockey because you got a weapon in your hand and you're going so fast and you can hit. Well, right? that's it. Yeah. It's like it must like, happen in volleyball. What are you gonna do? Say fuck off, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know what happens in every sport? People get pissed off. You see the tennis guys all the time, and girls like it snap the fucking racket, throw it away, but you're not really hurting anybody, you know? Well, it's, it's funny watching watching basketball. You get a highlight and then it's on like TSN or Sports and it's like, yeah, and we have a big bruja in basketball. It's like one guy barely pushes the guy, he <laughs> yeah, flops right. to the other yeah, side yeah. of the court. Yeah, and it's like, that. oh wow, what a fight. They all got tech. I love this guys coming back in hockey, out. like stitching up their eye on the bench. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's just a, it's a product of the way the game is, right? We're just oh, 100%. I often, you know, I go down, I have this conversation all the time with basketball players and football players. I'm like, dude, I, I get it. You guys got lots of tough, but the part of our culture, like we grow up, you know, we, we're in junior, we want to come back. Like people are in there going, please put me back out. You know, you, you know, oh, after yeah. you get like a slash in the face or something and got to get it stitched up, it's just part yeah. of the uh, culture. Um, you know, I'm really happy, not only for Maggie Connors, who plays with Toronto in the PWHL. It seems like it's going pretty well. I, 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 I think I'd rather see the team names, though. Would you? Where are you on that? Would you Absolutely. like to see the teams? Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? I, I would be the first person to say that I was a little skeptical, optimistic that the league would work out. Yeah. Um. And after watching the hockey, like it is some yeah. great hockey. It's all I've, I've said. It's all relative, you know. Like if if they're out there and they're the best in the world, and they are for the most part. I can't. I'm kind of waiting for the. the there are good players overseas. It's going to get really interesting when we start having like a European draft or something. But I, I yeah, I mean, I got to. I think I was subconsciously skeptical. Skeptical. I, I was rooting for them so much because they've been through a lot over the years, and and you know, and I am on the side. I am that if you, you got to get fans in the stands, we can't just give people, not we, but you can't just rely on other, other organizations or the NHL. Yes. But people are going here. Is each team going to have an NHL team? I don't know, man. It's not up to the NHL. I, I get that they help a little bit, but now I see something that can definitely be marketed that I'm definitely going to go to games if I'm up there. And now if you can sustain that more power in the world, yeah. I love that it's happening. I just thought it a, a curious choice not to have team names. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're going to work towards it. It's it definitely working out a lot of kinks this year, and I'm sure behind the scenes they had to do a lot of finagling to to get the the financial and and figuring out all the yeah. logistics and all that kind of stuff. But honestly, I've watched wow a good few games, even at one point even more than NHL, and I was 
the fact that they are allowing a lot more of the body contact, a lot more. Way hit, more, but, man. And Way it was like, wow. There, it's, it, you know what it's like, Brad? It's like when we play ball hockey and people expect there to be no, and, and, and we, we know in our head, like when someone asks me, is there hitting? I go, yeah, well, actually there's not. It's just there. We, we've hit an understanding as a player and as officials, yeah. and I think they're getting to that immediately with this game. I fucking love it. They're rubbing each other out, and it's let go. Absolutely, and it's yeah. uh, it's fun. It's fun to be able to watch, to be honest, and especially, you know, like you said about Maggie, Maggie being able to play, getting player to game, very first game of the year, and then opening up, because I know female hockey here in Newfoundland is really growing a lot, and obviously Huge. over the last, last few years, uh, you know, starting off, like, pretty good with Sarah Davis and then you got Maggie and then you got Abby Newhook and you got so many others that are really oh, yeah. coming through and it's like, wow, this is great. And now being able to have them be able to aspire to that league and even like the, the um, what's her name? Is it Heiss who went first overall to Minnesota yeah. watching her like skate skill and skate and everything. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, it's only evolving in a great direction, man. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's so side note if you're local. So all most all of Penny Lane's soccer team plays hockey except for her. <laughs> you know, I'll get into that. She she didn't love it when she was younger. I didn't want to force it on her. And I could hear people already, oh, she's not that good for Terry Ryan's daughter. And I wanted no part of that poison, none of it. Um I when Tyson was coming up, he, you know, I often talk about that, BJ's son that I helped raise after he passed away. It was the same because BJ played in the NHL and his father figure, stepfather also. So it yeah. was constant. He played on all the fucking AAA teams and everything. And it seemed like a bit stressful when I watched him. And I was like, you know, no kid needs this in their life for something that they're supposed to be having fun. So that's why. But anyway, looking back, I probably like Penny Lane, can, it's water off a duck's back. I, I get it, the kind of person she is now. But she said last year, yeah, can we go and learn? I'm like, we can, but you're 12. Man, that ship kind of sailed. Like being an all-star, you can't just jump on. Not, I'm not trying to discourage people from trying it. And of course, I did take her and show her, learn, learner, teach her to skate. Of course, I did. But you know, she gets it. I'm probably not going to jump onto the Bantam AAA team here, right? Um, it's just harder, harder to do. But anyway, a lot oh, of them play. Rudy Norman's daughter, Bella. Yeah. Rudy's a wicked soccer player, like oh, one yeah. of the best. I think he was athlete of the decade. Uh, in Newfoundland, like I think from 2000, 2010, one of the best soccer players, athletes ever to come from the island. But his two kids play uh, yeah. hockey and they're really good. And his daughter, Bella, is like lights out. She's tiny and she plays on like the year old or like the boys boys yeah. team. Yeah. And, and she plays girls as well. But she's good enough to like at some times dominate anybody, boy, girl, fucking dog, giraffe, adult. Fucking whatever, she's she's out there and she dangles. Yeah, yeah. It's really it, so. To, to elaborate on what I'm saying is that the women's game here for me, it used to be, oh, I knew every woman, every female in town that even played. Right, like, and, and it'd be a story. Oh, did you hear this? There's a girl in the or, or yeah. in the Mount Blue organization, yeah. or Wanda Clark back in the day, or Leslie Martin or whoever. And now it's like I go to watch these kids. We have like the the. I went to watch the tryouts for Team Newfoundland. Holy fuck, Brad. Well, you see it more than I do because you're in that. I just go. I hear there's a good kid. I want to go. I like going locally and watching, right? I, there's not one division around here that I don't see a game all year. I like to keep my finger on the pulse. And there's so many good uh, players. And now they can open up to 
scholarships and everything else? I mean, you must see it coaching. Do you, the numbers must be going through the roof. Oh, absolutely. And you know, it's a, it's a lot of fun to, to be able to see that. And we're, we're at such an important time in our province's hockey yeah. history, I guess you could say, because we have some great young NHLers. We have yeah. Maggie in the inaugural league for the women's yeah. side. You know, Abby Newhook was involved within Hockey Canada, and we have so many people growing up there that we need to take advantage of that that momentum now and not be in the news for eliminating handshakes and then putting them yeah. back in place <laughs> a few months later. But Brad. like being yeah. able to to really grow that game and it and it helps being able to have you know the growlers here that kids go down and watch it and they're like wow like I would love to be able to play yeah that and, one day and the women with the PWHLs and they're they're involved look th this is I really think this I could be wrong I don't want to underestimate anybody in this province in the 50s 60s and 70s because there's always good co coaches like Howie Meeker oh, yeah. Joe Byrne Right, my dad. If he didn't have Joe Byrne, the stadiums named after him. Five of them wouldn't have gone pro off the one fucking Bantam team from Grand yeah. Falls. Yeah. But what's happening? I see now more than ever is that well, it, the 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 '90s was a bit of an explosion for people leaving, and and all of a sudden we have like Slaney, me, Clary. We all go in the first round. Oh, yeah. Drew went like, and then Chloe and Ryder and Pards, and I don't leave anybody out. Teddy Purcell and Mark Tobin. Green Tobin Ryder, yeah, all these players come through, right? But what's happening now is players like you are one of them. Even like Jude, I don't know, uh, Andrew Piercy is a good hockey player, right? His dad was, but he left. Uh, his dad was more local, great player, but you know he he brought some stuff back, right? Right to like um, Andrew McKim, who played in the NHL. Um, uh, uh, Andy Sullivan doesn't like all these players. Yourself, Connor Donahue. I, I mean, I don't know. Those are the older. Marcus Power. Yeah. Like, you guys are all coming back and coaching. I'm not taking anything away from coaches that I had. Derm Connolly was at the draft. Wow, I still talked to him. I messaged him the other day. Derm, still still living here in Mount Pearl. But so I'm not knocking any of that. But I learned when when I learned when I left to go away. I really learned a lot because these are coaches that have been to pro that have been to everything. You know, I went to junior A the first year. You might. A lot of people might laugh up in Quinnell and everything. Yeah, I was being coached by Ron Coleman, and he was very versatile. I mean, he got called up to the WHL. Now all you guys are coaching back here. I think that's the biggest reason. Maybe I'm wrong, but when you're watching the kids, and there's more, there's way more ice time, right? I didn't oh, have yeah. these programs now. I wouldn't be at it all year long, but don't like I say to people, they're like, oh, they should put their skates away. And I, I get that, and I would do that in the winter. But I, what I'm saying is that I also didn't have like 10 hours available to me. I would have liked to be in those programs of four on four, oh, man. you know, things like that. So is that why you see, like, what do you think is the biggest reason? Well, absolutely. I mean, just the availability of those type of resources. And like you said, having good hockey, hockey people, like um, I'm up helping with, uh, with Andrew McKinn with extreme now five hours a week, just being able to stay involved. I, I mean, know there's, that. Okay. there's, yeah. there's at least 20, 20 kids each session and they're getting out and they don't stop. Like it's yeah. it's forty it's forty five minutes forty six minutes of just nonstop. They do station work in which they're doing six minutes a station and they do not stop. And they're off after and they're exhausted. But I do True. agree that 
the perception now is that it's a 12 month sport, but it can't be like, you can't know, be. You just, it, it just, you just can't like even, even major junior, like, or pro those guys, when they finish up, they have five, six weeks that depending, of course, thank you for saying that. I right? try to say it to people and parents and they don't get it. I'm like, no, I know you see Sidney Crosby jumping over hoops and all that. I get it. And all this off ice is very important, but I'm telling you right now, man, there's a break and talk to all those players, any player that I know from here or anywhere really took a t- took a significant amount of time off. Yes, um, absolutely. Physical, it, it, physical break from it just to let the body kind of decompress. Yeah. And, it, and it's not just like with any injuries, but just with the stress of everything. It's like, you got to let your body just get rid of that naturally and then even mentally too like you got to get yourself out of the environment to be able to sit back be able to kind of debrief things figure out how you're going to work on things and be able to make the plan but then you appreciate it that much more when you come back into it like i remember going through with major junior back in well however 15 years ago whatever it was like i mean it was always that way even younger just playing soccer all summer like there there would be no 12 hour or uh, 12, 12 month a year for, for hockey. But it was like, you, you go, you work out. And then remember those skates we used to have over at the old Smallwood. Like yeah. you could have sold oh. tickets for, for like the quality of, of players oh. that were in playing. Like it was insane. It was incredible. But here's insane. the thing that people, that people, I, I, I honestly, I was like, okay, at baseball, I was an all-star, but like, I might not be in the starting lineup. Like an all-star, I mean, good enough to be playing in the local and like represent Mount Pearl when we went to tournaments. You know, I'd sneak my way one year onto the provincial team. I think there was like a few injuries. So I was okay. And people used to often go like, why do you come back and like bother with trying to hit a curveball and everything? And I'd be like, well, but you don't realize like, because there is no stress on me to be the best player. And I can strike out and come back and go, Maybe next time. And I don't have to work because I, I, I'm like, I'm going to be an athlete anyway. I, I'm lost if I'm not doing something. And it's just nice to get away from the hockey or ball hockey or whatever oh, and try to hit a curveball. Right. And try to catch a catch a pop fly. I, and if I'm not successful, it's not the end of the world. I'm with the boys and there's a few fans here locally, but it's not reporters judging me. And there was something oh, that in, I appreciated in the in, yeah. in the bleachers, put, putting on, put me in coach and just uh, yeah. a pair of cowboy boots out Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was a nice break from things, and you know, it was nice to be on a team to look up to another athlete. Like, I don't know, growing up, it would be Craig Hodge, or in recent years, Peter Fifield, or Mike Dyke, or Chris Sparks, who come up. Yeah, it's nice to be on a team knowing that they're better. Okay, you know what? Like, Dykster, is your Wrist okay, you can you can hit for me in the eighth and ninth, or hopefully you can pinch hit or you know, knowing that there were better players that I didn't have to be bothered with that, right? I, there yeah. was something refreshing about it, and it's hard to put my finger on it. But the other thing, the, and, and if there's parents listening, because you know, because I often because of that theory that I have, that and, and at least that motto, personal motto, you know, take some time in the summer, preferably another sport, but at least take some time off. But they think that during the season. I'm not about those extra programs, but I'm like in this day and age, like I Penny Lane is very, very grounded individual. She's, she's smart. She's, you know, good student, everything. I have no reason to complain about that. But when I, if I naturally let her, 
Like she would be on the phone for six or seven hours in the day, right? She wouldn't yeah. even realize it. before school, then, you know, lunch and then come home and go on. And then, you know, okay, we got to read, we got to do it. But if I didn't break up the day for her, even, even a, a, a pretty grounded individual could go that route. So I don't mind. She's in a lot of extra soccer programs and that I'm like, you know, I'm not going to overwork you here, but you know, you just sat in a school desk. I think you could tend to do something every night, whether it's, you know, take a few kicks, whatever it would be. And I don't push her myself, but I put her in those programs and all the girls are in there and it, and it helps break it up. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't overwork them, but if, and, and I think you should be able to judge that for yourselves. But I think programs during the year or, or during the season, whatever season, are important now because, I, you know, other people are getting ahead, first of all. And I think it's a good way to spend time, you know, actively. There's less games that organize street hockey anymore, Brad. But, you know, oh, you yeah, might get three on three or four on four up with McKim. And it's the same sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, and, and it's so tough, too, because it's like right away, right from when – a kid will start playing hockey at say five, six years old. Like I even saw it over the summer that uh, a kid would be on the ice for a practice at eight 30 in the morning, back on the ice for a game at 1130 in one program. And then in the afternoon do a practice and a game in another program. Yeah. That's kids the, like six, seven years old. That's getting insane. That's what I mean. That's so insane. This, is, this is kind of like, okay, hold, hold a second here. Let's, let's get some heads checked. Like let's, let's, kind of take a deep breath here and you know because the kid didn't go into an extra hockey program when they're six or seven is not gonna you know change the world here but i think a lot of people miss out on the fact that other experiences are so valuable being able to learn you know the baseball the soccers the basketballs the volleyballs just being able to experience and such a big thing so that when the kid you know doesn't get once, once you get what 15, 16, they're like, well, the only thing I've ever done in my life is play hockey. Yeah. It's like what? Um, no, it, that's interesting. I, and for those, I guess I'm often vague on here for those that don't know. So for Penny Lane, say that's my daughter. I mean, I try to, um, she's 13. She's on the provincial soccer team, right? So they'll go and they'll practice at the Technoplex all, all winter. It's great. We didn't have that. I mean, I played soccer. I wish we could have that opportunity. She practices with her Mount Pearl team on Saturday nights down there. Then she'll have, uh, that'll be twice a week. And then she has one with the provincial team. So then now there's a, there's a thing called high performance. So for two nights a week, she goes down for an hour and they'll do everything from, you know, um, they'll split it up and play like games four on four. To like work on your touches and stuff that that I don't find too much a couple nights a week, but I wouldn't be getting into the extra programs and every single day, two and three times, especially not six or seven. I know what you mean, man. I go to some hockey schools and parent will be there with like the shot clock, like kids like seven or eight years old can barely put on his skates, you know? Um, oh man, that's the thing. It's like, it's so funny because you're up on the ice, you're, you're teaching and you know, a, a thing that I love that programs do is like put the names on the helmets. So of course it's, yeah makes it a lot more personalized, but then you're going to some kids uh, on their helmets and it's like, you're trying to find their name because their helmet looks like a friggin' passport yeah, with all the different programs and stickers. That day. <laughs> they, they got about 45 different program stickers on uh, their helmets and it's like, wow, this is, uh, this is a well-traveled seven-year-old. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. 
This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. With DraftKings, you can bet on any game you want. Whether you want to bet the puck line or the over-under, DraftKings has something for everybody. And if you want, you can throw down on your favorite player as an anytime goal scorer. Or if you're looking for a long-term bet, maybe you want to predict the Stanley Cup champion. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. What was your favorite course in university? Oh, so anything to do with psychology for sure. Um, in undergrad, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, bat, like my degree in masters, psych, and uh, it, intro to psych, like anything to do with psychology was great. And in my masters, it was a group counseling course. That, that we did and we were actually doing the group counseling and it was really powerful stuff and you know really solidified for me about uh, the counseling side i went you know if i if i had more time i went back to school at 32 and it was when i was 20 i didn't really appreciate it, it was like because i did when i played in montreal and and you know i got drafted and everything but my parents really i, I want to say made me but yeah i guess they like i was 18 19 but they were like you know you got to keep going to school it was in my head so i did i didn't enjoy it i just go and you know i ended up mailing it in getting i don't know 60s or 70s hanging out at the breezeway but then when i went back I, and i could really absorb it and enjoy it the, the problem was i was too old to really go on and do like i would have definitely been interested in, in pursuing psychology or law i, I know now that yeah. if i had my but i was like you know i gotta put bread on the table i can't just move away and go to law school or anything but i'll never forget i learned in, in psych 101 1001 is it um the story of phineas gage he got like a pipe through his head yeah, and he, did, yeah. he didn't die right and it something that it did to his left and right brain he wasn't quite the same but he didn't die it just flukely went through and then i learned about left brain during versus right brain and there's some great youtube videos for anybody and there's people that might have like a problem in one side but they can problem solve using the other and it's very it's it's like yes. if, you, if, you're, yeah. if you're explaining something to them they'll draw the picture but they can't write the word you know like if i said car you know this is i i forget it yeah. doesn't it, it's on youtube somewhere and, and and the person can can draw it but they can't put car even though they know and they want to it's wild and i was fascinated i would have kept going sports psychology from there i mean brad what i mean i think the biggest topic for any kid leaving for any, I don't want to say sports psychology, it's too vague, but it's really, 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 really important um, how you approach whatever game you're playing. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, like well, there's so much to, to really dissect. 
Now, when you did psychology, you morphed over and you did a lot of things regarding sports psychology, right? Yeah. So like even, even now, like I can't technically, like I'm not a sports psychologist, don't have that certification, but definitely with my counseling certification and my experience in sport and things like that, really helping, helping athletes, helping coaches, helping teams just identify mental skills. But I think the biggest thing that a lot of people don't recognize is that, you know, mental skills and within sport, you can use them in everyday life. Like you can use them in school. You can use them just you know, with work, you can use them, whatever, because it's a lot of the same type of of concepts, you know, like uh, positive self-talk, uh, positive visualization, uh, being able to be in the present moment, breath work, meditation, like a lot of different things like that. And, and being able to, I think the biggest thing that we, um, you know, people in general, of course, but definitely within the sports world and the hockey world is that we need to treat mental health and mental work more proactively than reactively. It's like, Oh, I'm feeling really shitty. Now I need to do the work. So now it's like, Oh my God, I feel like I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so stressed. Now I need to do the work versus, you know, when you're in the off season, you're training your quick feet because you know, it's going to be useful for when the season starts. It's not like the season starts and you say, well, I'm slow. I'm really slow. I need to do some quick feet. Yeah. Yeah. The mental work needs to be the same kind of thing. It should be in every athlete's uh, off-season develop uh, off-season training program, and that's why I love so much about the NHLPA coming in collaboration with Opening Minds. It is with the Mental Health Commission of Canada uh, through their First Line program with Jay Harrison, former uh, former NHLer and former uh, Maple- St. John's Maple Leaf yeah. as well. He's a psychologist now, and and they have these programs in it. If I'm not mistaken, Michael Backlin, Blake Wheeler have gone through the program and have done it and have publicly come out talking about it. So it's it's great to see to really build that proactive mindset regarding our mental health versus just uh, reacting to it. So and you're back here now. What exactly are you doing in that regard back here in Newfoundland now? Yeah, so I'm doing uh, like I started my own counseling practice in which I'm seeing general public with regards to anxiety, depression. I have a concussion certification that I'm able to help people with the recovery and awareness around uh, concussion, Uh, being able to do mental health skills and presentations uh, for not just sports teams, but for schools and for 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 towns and cities like I was out in Twillingate uh, Tuesday night to um, do a mental health talk about my lived experience, my education on Tuesday night. And then I spoke to uh, the school grades four to 12 on Wednesday morning about mental health for Bell Let's Talk Day. So a lot of uh, that side of things and then being able to work with athletes if they do present uh, with concerns within their sport, but more just obviously keeping it along the mental skill side of things and and uh, the emotion, how how to be able to manage and cope and how to be able to develop new strategies and being able to, uh, you know, just get better in that regard. Can you tell me, this is, you want to, you want to segue into something completely different here. <laughs> I want to know, I don't know if you have the answer. Someone asked me, why don't referees wear their names on their jerseys? I, I, I've, I've always wondered that. I don't get it. And they, they took it away years ago. I mean, these guys just get dumped on from everywhere. They never get any credit for doing something good. They just get dumped on for doing something bad. The only thing I can think is that fans be all over them and, uh, I, you know, yelling their name. But I find it so unprofessional and degrading to just take their name right off their jersey and just just 
limit their whole existence on the ice to a number. What, what, what do you think it of is, that? In it, it is weird, actually, that, that you do mention that because it's funny because in the queue, they have the names on the jerseys. Mm. I didn't know that. I used yep. to like seeing them, you know, the yep. people even now that used to do in the queue, Dan O'Rourke and uh, Kelly Sutherland for years, just to name two. And I'm like, you know, I'd say these names to people. I'm like, well, you know, Kelly Sutherland, just and I'd show on, oh, I know him. I'm like, well, why the fuck doesn't he have his name on his jersey? A guy up in yeah. the NHL for 20 years, you know, put in all that time. Uh, I just don't understand it. If anybody's listening that can do anything about it or knows the answer, shoot me a uh, message on Twitter. Well, get uh, get senior up at All Star break to to find somebody and and ask those hard questions. True, I should. You know what, <laughs> senior, I got to monetize his existence a little bit more. Like, he doesn't have social media or anything. I mean, if he had T shirts, he'd make something. You know, senior doesn't, and he doesn't care. Like, you know, he gets his teaching pension, and he he, he needs nothing extravagant, right? Like, oh, if, no, if he wants God, to go to a Growlers game, he gets tickets. Right, so he doesn't have to worry about much of that. I'm taking up to Tim up to Toronto now. Biz and the boys take him up once in a while, so he gets to travel. He goes to chapters every week, buys a few books, goes to Fred's Records, and really, that's him and Mom are pretty easy to please. But has, so has his night. Yeah, he has his night. Friday night, as you know, you've been at the basement at seniors on many of Friday yeah, night. Yeah, it's been um, quite this the the show. <laughs> that's for sure. And then, and then yeah, Gail, Gail, Gail coming down with a couple of couple of sandwiches. Yeah, that's the way it works too. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think he's so content with that that it's hard to even twist his arm. He, he, you know, he doesn't want to be poor. Obviously, I mean, he grew up in need of some some money and and a lot of other things. But he didn't grow up unhappy or anything. But he's got enough now to make him happy, and he's he's yeah. cool with it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I respect it. Who do you who do you think will win the cup? Oh, great question. I mean, I truly love watching Vancouver right now, uh, just their team in general. Obviously, Edmonton. Oh, they get good fast. Uh, yeah, obviously, Edmonton is just a powerhouse right now. Yeah. I am a huge Colorado fan, so I am biasly going to say them with the expectation that Landis Cog makes it back. Uh, I would love to see Colorado get back there, especially with Nathan McKinnon having the year that he's having. Oh, uh, Vancouver, I don't, I, I don't know if it's their time yet. And, I mean, Boston, you don't know what's going to happen, especially after their playoffs last year. I mean, Florida's is another – they're going to be there again at the end. They are. They are. I, it's hard for me to look past Colorado when I see Nathan McKinnon play. It, oh, it really yeah. is. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm with you. It's either, to me, one of, the Oilers are going to beat them or they're, they're at, at some point. I mean, I, I'd love if that could be the Stanley Cup final, but it can't be. But I do all the Oilers games, right, for Jason Greger. And um, for the Grayson, Jason Greger yeah, show yeah. in Edmonton, I, I co-host on Mondays and Thursdays. So yeah. I watch all the oil and fuck. It's tough to ever bet against them. If it, it was going to be, yeah, go ahead. And well, just the way they're playing defense now is is incredible. And I mean, yeah, man. It the only thing is is still scary is obviously goaltending. Like if that's going to be there at the end of the day, if they're going to be able to keep this crazy level of play up, um, you know, it's yet to be seen, but. Um, you know, in, in terms of thinking about Canada's best chance at the cup, I, I would go with Edmonton over Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And it's a, I, I, yeah, I know, I know. Like Toronto is not close. Well, 
I, I know what you mean. I'd, I'd love it for our buddy Rope Dog and everything. Oh, yeah. When people guaranteed. ask me objectively, like, hope is different than, you know, it's hard for me not Realism. to think the same thing's going to happen again. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? But, but who, and, and they seem like great guys. Like, people, yeah. you know, when I watch, I, I have nothing at all against, man. I, I, in fact, I, I really think they're pillars of the community. These guys got, think of the best players on the, on the Toronto Maple Leafs. They don't cause problems on social media. They seem to be really gracious people, nice, like to play there. People say Willie Nylander signed too much. Well, there is that. You could you could take that opinion. Or for me, I'm like to, to want to stay there and take and absorb all those media hits all the time. You yeah. fall off for two two games and you're public enemy number one. And if to be able to do that, there, there's something to that as well. I, I just, but again, hope, not that I'm a huge Leafs fan. I'm talking about our buddy Rope Dog now. I'd love oh, to yeah, have a ring. Sure. But it's just, I, I just don't see them doing what Edmonton or, or Colorado can do, as well as a few other teams. But, you know, anyway. Well, the other thing, too, is that they got to get out of the division with Tampa and Florida. Yeah. And Boston. Not gonna be, yeah, I know. It's not going to be easy. I, can, can they do it? Of course. Anytime you got that fucking Matthews. Or, oh, he's or incredible. Up, like, he's, he's like a fucking shark in the waters in the in the in the uh jesus offensive zone oh it's Uh, it's like he's he's clearly the best goal scorer in the world wow speaking of that best goal scorer in the world do you think Ovi does it or no he's got eight i i don't know like just their their power play this year is is brutal and um yeah no i don't want to say slowing down because Knowing him and just his natural ability that he can ramp it up in a in a heartbeat in in the blink of an eye, but I don't know. It's tough. Their team is not, you know, no. the, the aging the aging Warriors. You know, them. It and, happens, them right? The it happens. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't have bet against him. He only needs sixty something, doesn't he? I don't think he needs a lot I, of goals. I think so, yeah. But like, to me, this is what I hope doesn't happen, though. What what's happening now? I hope doesn't keep happening because. It's sad. Okay, let's say the record wasn't there, right? Let's say that wasn't a thing. No one even knew how many goals anybody got, right? Now, this would be a swung, so you, you wouldn't keep coming back. Like Joe Sackick, all the great scorers, like it's, it's, this is what happened to them at that point, yeah. and they retired. Yeah. If he finishes the year with 10 goals, he'd be, but if he keeps going, and then if next year he gets like even like 13, then you're like, okay, this doesn't look – now. now you're doing it because – you know, and then it's like I'm only playing because. Yeah. It's like someone, yeah. someone recently was it Marlowe had had some reason to keep playing, I, or or maybe it was uh, maybe. Well, Marlowe Marlo had the the Iron Man, wasn't it? Was it the Iron Man well, streak or, or most? Maybe, games maybe it was him, and or maybe it was someone else going for it. It could have been. Maybe the, like, uh, I mean, Yandel Yandel was going. Man, Yandel. There was yeah, something yeah. I don't know what it was, but I, and, and I, so please don't quote me on who it could have been. One of them. Maybe even baseball, Pujols, you know, trying to get the 500 oh, home yeah. run. And you're seeing a guy, like, it looks like he's, like, crippled Limited, walking up yeah. to the back. I mean, it's just like, come on, man. Like, I get it. But you wouldn't be playing if you weren't chasing this. And yeah. do us all a favor. We think you're great. We think you're great. But just hang him up, please. But, but even, like, Joe Thornton, like, the last few years, like, Eric Stahl, like, those guys who are great players in their prime. And then it's tough to see them go from that. It's to tough. Him. To it's tough, Brad, because you and I know the difference. Them. But talking yeah. to a young, eighteen-year-old now, nineteen-year-old, to tell them how great Joe Thornton is, they'll laugh at you. Oh yeah, because they Absolutely. didn't see that. They yeah. saw their leaps take him, and he did nothing five years ago or whatever when he was like forty-something. You know, so I'm like, yeah, I I know. I I I love seeing these guys play if they can do what Tom Brady did. 
wicked. Keep going. Well, <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, you, you look at those guys that just stayed in incredible shape, like even Brenda Moore. Like Brenda Moore, when he was playing, like even now he looks like he can yeah. still play. Like Chelios. Like Chelios was, was another Chelios one of those guys. went way in, yeah. And, you know, Chelios, there's also uh, – I'm – I'm not against player. Obviously, I mean, I just fucking played in the East Coast. I would have kept playing too if I could. So, I'm not against like Chelios. Also, like Craig Reve, his last couple of years went and played in the East Coast League. I'm sure yeah. it's because he didn't need that thousand dollars a week or whatever. But he liked being a teammate. He's passing it on. He probably wanted to be a coach at some point. Now he's broadcasting. He's elite. It definitely helped him. I can tell you're a very articulate guy. You've you've become way easier to talk to since you've gone on your hockey journey. So, like it, me as well. So I, I'm not against that. It's just you know, taking a spot on the Washington Capitals two years from now, if 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 Ovi has six goals, that starts to be for me a bit of a problem as a fan. Now, yeah, absolutely. I mean, my money still, I would I would bet it on him because I yeah. don't think this is going to happen. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Like with the status now, even to throw this out there, with the status of the Penguins and with the status of the Capitals, and with you know Ovi struggling, does Washington maybe look to try to help him? Get that record by sending them to another team. I I would I, I mean I I'm not I love Gretzky but I'm I'm not against him getting it. I'd love to see him go somewhere. Imagine if we went to like Pittsburgh and caught fire. I'd love to see a great hockey story. Like you know, oh, like he, you you have no idea. Like he go anywhere and just be like holy shit. You know, like even Crosby's having a career year. And yeah, Dubis, right. yeah made the big trade for Carlson. I think Crosby has two years left on his contract, but. Like, obviously, he's not going to blow the team up this year. But, you know, does it come to a point that even Crosby waves, his, waves it and says, well, maybe I'll try to win another cup if it's not possible here? I hope so. I'd love to see see that. It would be exciting for hockey, you know, everything that he's done. I, I could see how he'd want to stay in Pittsburgh. but Oh, guaranteed. And, you know, I, th- I think we're going to see with, with, with Sid how legit long a play – like, because he's – it's one thing to keep playing, but he's right now he's on pace for 50 again. He did that 14 oh, yeah. years ago, yeah. right? He's, he's, he's really no different now than he was when he was 22. He's having the same kind of year. So like, um, I think because he prepares himself so well and I saw it firsthand last year down in Pittsburgh, man, he was after the game. He was the last guy out working on taping his stick. Oh, everything. Like so, you know, and he prepares himself and now he's, ch- so when he drops off, whenever that happens, it has to, at some point, I think you'll go, okay, he just prepared himself the best he possibly could. It's genetics to a point, but even the great Sidney Crosby at some point is going to start pulling back. And I think exactly. I don't see him playing and getting 40 points and keeping going. I don't. No, no. Right? I mean, the question you- that even like me and even two brothers were talking about the other days, say it does go the route that – Crosby gets traded. Can you imagine him with either Marshawn in Boston or McKinnon in Colorado? I, yeah, either would be intriguing. I think Boston. I, I as a hockey Fill fan, that first I would like to I yeah, because I, I I just think Boston's a great fit for it. And and, yeah. and, and with Marshawn, the same thing with McKinnon. I, I guess you're referring to being from Nova Scotia, which is great. But yeah. I, I, it's also closer to Nova Scotia. I think you'd start to see mad fucking Atlantic Canadian fans down oh, there, like more so I, than there even are now. I think and I think it's the, a better fit, by the way. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I, I now don't quote me on it, but I think the drive from Halifax to Boston is like 10 hours. Oh yeah. It's like us going to like Cornerbrook and change and we would be <laughs> out here. You know what I mean? Like think about yeah. if like Alex Newhook played out in Cornerbrook. I mean, how many times a year would you go? You'd be there all the time. Well, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. We, we, we say that to people, people on the mainland listening to this, and might go, what a fucking 10 hours. I'm like, yeah, that's why I, I go, when I'm in Toronto, like I drive down, I say I'm going to, down to watch a Pittsburgh Penguins game. They're like, what the fuck are you driving all that way? I'm like, two hours. What are you talking about? Oh, like, yeah, we're used exactly. to. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Joke. it's crazy. It's like, I even I remember living in New Brunswick. It was like, all right, you got three and a half hours. You can be in PEI, you can be in Quebec, you can be in Halifax. It's like yeah, three we, and a half we, hours we look at that going between fun. Gander and Grand Falls. And I mean, those, even I mean, a night in Gander is always a good time going to Legends or or the Oasis. Uh, it's or, always or a great time, or something like that. But long live the Gander Flyers! Uh, yeah, a lot of people don't realize <laughs> that, but Newfoundland's a big, a big island. It's the fourteenth or fifteenth biggest island in the world. It takes to get across the whole thing. You'd have to go over six or seven and then up six or seven. It's a long, it's a big island. And those are local plans. So we take road trips. We go to Clarenville, like we look forward to it. And every, you get to Toronto or, or, or any, anyway, even Calgary, you might, people in Calgary think they're like, they're a long way from things. I'm like, but I can drive to Vancouver like in a day. I, I, Edmonton is right there. I can go over the border to Montana. Yeah. You know, there's so many. If I want, I can jump on a plane to Vegas and it takes me like, 45 minutes and it's only $99. People have no idea about how much we appreciate travel and cheap travel. Well, yeah, exactly. That's it. And I even find it funny too, like living on the mainland and people not recognizing how big Newfoundland is or how far away it is. No, like even, no even talking to people where I was in Quebec, I was like, oh yeah, it takes about 24 hours to get to Cape Breton. And they're like, oh, wow, that's it. Like, that's all it takes. I was like, yeah, but then we got to get either like a six or 16 hour ferry. And then yeah. depending on your drive from there. Yeah. But but for like, oh, wow. We get a six hour ferry and then drive like all the way across the island yeah. or a 16 hour ferry and then only have to drive like three hours. But either way, it's a long time to fly anywhere. It's always, you know. Toronto is kind of the hub, I guess, or Montreal or Halifax. But, you know, if you if we want to go anywhere major, you often go through. So that whole thing got to be paid for first. And it's usually $1,000 extra. Oh, yeah. if I want to yeah. go to Vegas, it's $1,000 more than everybody else that wants to go there. Yeah. Um, and, oh, God, Brad, what was I going to say about that? Um, so I, I, I guess we learned to – it's one thing to learn to appreciate traveling – but when you're a young athlete, right, a lot of people, I think, I, I know that a lot of other organizations, when I go and, and, and see the minor hockey, I might have to give a speech. I just went to Banff and everything. And even Banff, the kids there would, would consider themselves, oh, we're a little, you know, we often have to drive to Calgary. To, and I'm like, yeah, you're driving to Calgary to watch an NHL game. It's like an hour. Like, you know, we, yeah. we would have to fly for hours and then get tickets and figure out a hotel, come back. So for minor hockey, Kids here for Christmas or a birthday or something well, like that. Yeah, it's not just on a win. Here, totally. Yeah. And it's one thing here that I like about minor hockey now, and especially those side programs, that the kids get to travel a lot. If we, if we didn't yes. win, we didn't yeah. get to go to the Hostess Cup. No one would know who Michael Ryder was, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the way it worked back then. And yeah, unless you want to raise a lot of money and it didn't always happen, you're not going on a trip. But now, if you're elite, 
from Newfoundland, someone will see you at some point. And the funny part is, is that for Newfoundlanders, we could be able to maybe shit on it or complain about it, just about how much of a nuisance it could be to travel at times. But we would not for one second in our lifetimes ever question or ever not be happy about being a Newfoundlander. Yeah. Well, you and I, look at us. There's two examples right here. We we could have picked many other places that probably would be more lucrative, right? That definitely would be better when it comes to traveling. And we love to travel. But for those listening, that's how much we love living in Newfoundland with our buddies and our family and, and oh, you know, absolutely. the experiences. And I do go, I think you appreciate everything a little bit more. Everything I said about traveling is true, but it's some fucking good when you get there by. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. And that's, and that's the biggest thing. And, and I think actually not, I think I know my biggest turnaround in my current journey, my current process has been the acceptance piece, not constantly wondering to myself oh i should be here or or i could be there or anything like that it's listen i'm here i accept it i appreciate it i'm grateful for my family i'm grateful for the new opportunities i'm grateful you know to jump on chat with you to see you yesterday at the rink you know grateful for all those little things that you know what screw being anywhere else that this is what makes it so fun being home that just to be able to to take take advantage of it. And you have so many like of the 18, 19 year old players that are are like, Oh, I can't wait to leave. I can't wait to go and all that stuff. And I said, yeah, I fully understand. I've been there. I said, but give yourself 10 years and we'll yeah. see you when you come back. Hey, that's it, well said. Just... And uh, on that note, uh, I'm going to go, I'm taking Penny Lane. We're going to go see, uh, there's some, um, Old school movies every once in a while now, if you'll notice. If you ever want to go, man, I go to a lot of movies. But today they're playing uh, IMAX. They're playing the Queen 1981 live in Montreal. So we're going to go no check way. that out. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, the concerts are wild. They always got a concert or an old movie. Um, yeah, we just went to The Sting not long ago. It was 1972. Nice. Um, flick. And anyway, Robert keep it in Redford. mind. I, yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Nothing gets by you. Oh, that's um, a great I'll see you likely on the ice this week. Yes, sir. Uh, if not, I'm gonna. You'll, I'll, I'll definitely see you next week when we when we will have gotten back from the NHL All Star Weekend with Terry Ryan Senior. That should be interesting. Yeah, enjoy it. All the best. Make sure don't don't forget to ask about the referee name bars now. I certainly will. Okay, it's been great having you, Brad. Thanks again for coming on to Tales with Tier. And last, by the way, do you have anything to promote? Uh, no. Not necessarily. Just keep on keeping on. Just enjoy okay. yourself. Give my love to Senior. Sounds good. Love you, buddy. You too, buddy. And thank you. Okay, folks, that was Brad Yetman, longtime friend and teammate and uh, player, coach, and right now back here doing a little bit of, of everything, really. But um, Brad is... is worked as he said in psychology and the mental health side of sports he's counseling and he's fitting right in and his two brothers nathan and mark are also real good friends of mine and they're back here too so it's nice to be able to see the boys um you know quite a bit nathan just got back from his hockey journey spent uh, the last four or five years in pei before this great young hockey player and uh and ball hockey player and mark of course was 
my goalie on many of those teams that we talk about with ball hockey, but most one of my most cherished hockey memories was 2013. We won the local Newfoundland Senior Hockey Championship called the Herder, and he was our goalie, and we never would have won it without him. Uh, so there you go, the Yetman brothers, and that was Brad Yetman. Thanks, Brad. Folks, if you're downtown St. John's and you want to have a beer, you want to have a bite to eat, uh, I would definitely check out some of these places. I would go to the Bull and Barrel. I would go to TJ's Pub. I would go to Rob Roy Confusion. i definitely go to Greensleeves Pub. I would head to the Martini Bar and the Bull and Barrel. Okay, I'd, I usually go down and try to have at least one at those places every Friday night uh, that I go out. Uh, if I'm going to get a bite to eat, I usually go to Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, or Wedgwood Cafe. Uh, Wedgwood Cafe also does catering, Peter Wedgwood. Uh, Mr. Lube. If you want to go to Mr. Lube, there's two locations in St. John's, Newfoundland. One's on Torbay Road, one's on Camelot Road. Live, laugh, lube. Ryan Power at Power Conditioning. Strength and balance for the body and mind. Check it out. Rope Walk Lane. Power Conditioning. Pitbull Pain Relief. The pain sticks that just don't quit. Go to pitbullpainrelief.com. See what all the fuss is about. And of course, true hockey. Take what's yours. Folks, I'll be back in just a couple of days with more Tales with TR, and uh, we'll be at the NHL All-Star Weekend from Thursday to Sunday. I'll be with my dad, with my buddy Jeremy Hart. I will be with Taran Sandwith, Joe Dolo, Ryan McDonald, who plays Michaels on our show, of course, and uh, Cam Fergus. There you go. We're going to have a good crew. If you're in and around Toronto, come down. We'll be around the Air Canada Centre for some events and for some fun all weekend. Folks, thanks for tuning in. See you in just a couple of days. Catch you on the rebound.